1: With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
2: And hello, this is the Eddie 102 podcast number 1073. Let's talk about you, the ID10T community. I talk about myself enough. Let's talk about you. Events at ID10T.com for all the stuff that uh, you might be wanting to promote for a thing that you made. Or a thing that you like that you know someone made. Like Kenneth, who writes, I'm a teacher and coach at Centerpoint High School in Centerpoint, Texas. During the quarantine time, we were providing instructions to our students from home. I had an idea. My idea was to create a YouTube channel with which I could share information with my students and anyone else who was interested. So far, the show has included 20th century world history events, Star Wars reviews, softball info, this day in history facts, bios on Texas historical figures, and a thank you to my softball team. Now that our school year is ended, I'm going to continue putting shows together. I even plan on doing a reading of Money Python and the Holy Grail. My wife happens to have the script. The channel is named Kenneth King, K-I-N-G. The title of the show is Coach King's Classroom. Coach King. love it. This is fantastic. Yeah, a, a, doing readings of Python? Oh, my God. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. That is uh, definitely uh, doing something positive in, you know, with a situation that was challenging. So I, I salute that. And I'm so glad that you're doing this. I will have to check it out. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm sorry I haven't seen it yet. It came in and and saw that these were the things that you're doing. And I felt like we got to share this with people. So consider it shared and consider yourself thanked, my friend. And anyone else, events at ID10T.com to get your thing mentioned on the ID10T podcast for the ID10T community. Um, This episode is Amy Sedaris, who is a genius she is a comedy genius i'm sure you probably have watched strangers with candy if you haven't you should um it is sort of one of the prototypical uh, uh comedies in the early 2000s colbert is on it as well a lot of really brilliant performers and it is uh it really uh helped it was just like a lot of stuff that came out of it after that it was sort of like around the same time as like But Smigel was doing like TV Funhouse type stuff. uh, And it was just this, it's just this style, this vibe of kind of surrealism that I adore and Amy is uh super cool we had never met before this was our first meeting uh via the internet and uh and she's rad she's super rad and she has a new show well it's not new actually it's in my head it's much newer than strangers with the candy at home is in season 3 right now which just premiered I believe May 20th, but it is Wednesdays on True TV at 10, 9 Central. It's called At Home with Amy Sedaris. Uh so watch that uh if if you happen to be inside for any reason, like I don't know, like maybe the world isn't uh a place to where a lot of people are going out at the moment, then you can uh, watch you can stay at home and watch At Home. With Amy Sedaris. do you see what I did there? Of course you did. So thank you, Amy Sedaris, for being um, a fantastic guest. This is the ID10T podcast number 1073, which we begin now.
0: Initiating ID10T Protocol.
2: But what is the, what's the vibe in New York right now?
3: Um, well, because it's so nice out, there are more people out right now. You see some people wearing masks, some people not wearing masks. You know, there's still lines into the grocery store. Um... But, uh, and you still get like, I don't know about you, but I still get yelled at a lot. No, like no matter what I'm doing, I feel like I'm constantly getting yelled at. Like, mm-hmm. like stay, you know, stay behind the line, pull Uh-oh. your mask up. Cause I go to the, the park every day to feed the squirrels. I got hazelnuts for the squirrels yeah. and you know, I'll pull my mask down to whistle And then sure enough, you know, I've got someone yelling at me. I'm like, oh, my God, I hate people.
2: I hate them. That is such a fundamental difference in L.A. uh, We live not too far from a park. And when we've driven by, we're like, well, no one's wearing masks. People seem to be clustering in groups. No one is saying anything. Like in L.A., people just don't. And I don't know if that's because everyone's kind of like, hey, man, you got to just everyone got your own thing. Or if it's just everyone's too focused on themselves. I don't know. But it is or, funny. Well, that Maybe
3: you- they're as crowded as it is in New York City. Because my brother David's in North Carolina at the beach. He said, you'd never know there was anything going on. No um, one wears but- a mask, no gloves. Everything's opened. He said, oh. it's it's like nothing. You don't hear sirens. Must be nice.
2: I mean, I, I don't know. It just—it's just funny. Maybe it probably is the crowding in New York, but it's also like,
3: hey, you know, you can't take the New
2: York out of it. Like, it's always New York's always going to be New York. You know, there's always right. going to be people shouting. But I guess that's just right. sort of—I guess that's just sort of the way it is. Have you been able to work at all during this, or have you been? Were you in the middle of any productions?
3: We are editing the third season. Okay. So we're we're going to be doing color and sound using iPads. We work on um the computer at night using Zoom to watch an episode and give notes. Yeah. And then um so we had four episodes ready and now we have to finish the next six.
2: I mean, the at-home shows, it's I mean, it, your show's fantastic. It's fun, funny. It's such a great idea. It's just such a it's just one of those flawlessly great ideas where you're like, oh, my God, why didn't this exist before, you know? <laughs>
3: well, thank you. But, you know, I wonder because the show feels like we're in quarantine because I wanted that I dream a genie living in the bottom of the bottle, you know? So I wonder if that'll work for us or hurt us because we're all sick of being inside. Now you got to watch a show. We're all stuck inside. Yeah,
2: nah, funny's funny, you know. Like I I don't think and and it's not a show about quarantine. It's just a show at home, you know, like it's okay. Yeah. So I didn't I I don't get that vibe when I watch it, like, Jesus Christ, can we go outside like I didn't (laughs) I don't feel that (laughs) can it be outside with Amy Sedaris? What the fuck? We're all at home. What the fuck? I don't know who that troll is. I think it's the same guy who's yelling at you for feeding squirrels. (laughs) We we never, I don't think we've ever met before in Never.
3: I've never met you, yeah.
2: No, we, (laughs) I've never met you. Yeah,
3: I've never met you, yeah.
2: But I feel like our circles are sort of not dissimilar, uh, just in terms of comedy circles. But I've been, I was, I came to Comedy Central a, a long time after Strangers with Candy was around, but you were sort of the epicenter of so many great things and people but I know that you. Did you start at Second City? Was that? Was that? Yes. You did. Yeah. And then uh, was Second City branched off into another group? Is that correct?
3: Um, I was at Second City, in, in touring company in the main stage. That's where I met Colbert and Danello. And then when um, my then I went to, came to New York to do plays with my brother David. I kept taking a leave of absence and coming here to do plays. And then that's I finally decided to move to New York in 1993, and then TV kind of landed in our lap. You know, somebody saw a play; they were like, "Why don't you do this sketch show?" So we did um, uh, Exit 57. I remember Exit 57. That's that so yeah. that's probably right at Comedy Central. So th- that's uh, that's kind of how that all started.
2: And the sort of because to me, you seem like someone who you're you've gotten really good at just kind of creating your own universe, you know, you just, you come in and you sort of create this whole, uh, universe of characters and vibe. And I mean, it's, is that something that you thought you would end up setting out to do? Or were you, did you think like, oh, I don't know, I'll audition and I'll be in sitcoms. Like, what was your plan?
3: To tell you the truth, it all came from failing first grade, because, (laughs) um, (laughs) I learned early on that, you know you're not going to wait and get picked for a team you're going to you're going to start the team yourself and you're going to pick everybody so i think i i that seed was planted when i was little like just doing my own thing and then bringing people on getting people involved in it because i just didn't want to fail at the other do you know what i mean i mean i can totally. fail if i'm creating it but it's different so I just like always thinking, well, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I, I like picking a team and I like thinking about the process of it and how we're going to do it. Um, that That's just how I like to work. and And I also feel like I'm pretty limited in what I can do. I'm not like, I don't think of myself as an actress. I don't think of myself as a comedian. You know, I just... I don't know what category I would put me into, but I, that's why I just start my own projects. Cause I don't want to be put in a category. I just want to do whatever it is that I want to do.
2: Well, that makes sense. I mean, you, you don't, and the great thing is, you know, we live in a time where you don't have to, I mean, in the, you know, any time before the nineties, I think you maybe even until that 2000, you really had to fit categories if you wanted to work because there just weren't, you know, people were making decisions and smushing people into categories. Right. uh, And
3: and you couldn't really do like characters. I like playing characters, different people. And that's a really hard thing to sell Like, because nobody was really, I mean, unless you're an SNL or something like that, but it took me like 18 years or something to get this show off the ground. Like nobody could really wrap, get it in their head. And then when I did the books it's kind of like, okay, visually, this is what the show is. And I want to do, you know, I didn't know I'd be doing as many characters, to tell you the truth, but it turned into me doing a lot of characters even though I didn't get paid for a lot of characters (laughs) myself but I'm like wait a minute I have to memorize both sides of the script I didn't think about
2: that part well that's all in the agent engaged. the agents have to go in and go okay here's the rate for zero for one to four characters (laughs) and five to nine because I mean you know like that is a tremendous amount of work and I imagine are you you're involved in every step of the process
3: right I am. And then what's so great about finding your team or people who can work for you, you don't have to be in, Like, you know, with Jason Singleton, who does all the um, uh, sets, you know, I can, we can switch, go back and forth with references and all that stuff. But I, I know I can trust him and I don't have to look over his shoulder. Same with wardrobe and hair and makeup. It's kind of nice when you work with the same people and they can kind of, you know, you just have the same aesthetic. You know? Yeah.
2: Finding that core team, though, can be... I mean, that's, that's a whole separate skill set, is figuring out how to find the team, everyone vibes, everyone kind of has the same general vision and goal, and everyone complements each other. That's not, that's not the easiest thing in the world to, to pick right out of the box.
3: No, it isn't. I s like I always, I need people around me, always.
2: Yeah. And are you, uh, uh, are you planning on anything beyond this season, finishing this third season, or do you know uh, anything with True TV?
3: No, no, no. We don't know. Um,
2: I mean, no one knows anything right now.
3: Yeah, no one knows anything right now. I can't imagine. Yeah, I have no idea.
2: It's strange because I feel like the business was already in uh, upheaval because of streaming stuff. And this just sort of accelerated the like so many things are breaking apart. And, but, I, but I do think that they will all reform, right? Do you yes. feel optimistic about it?
3: I do feel optimistic about it. And then, I mean, the thing that makes me feel better about it is everyone's going through it. You know what I mean? Everybody. And we're all going to come out of it. You know, we, we all have all this time to think and that, that's, that's interesting. It's like what you do with your time, what you're thinking about. Sometimes you feel creative. Sometimes you don't. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm back to reading and, You know, I've always been someone into my apartment and cooking, so that hasn't been new. The only thing that's been hard is the technology aspect of it. That's been tough for me. Like, you know, how to set up a microphone and how to plug this in. It's just, it, it gives me anxiety.
2: You have to be your own tech person now.
3: And I hate that because I really feel like, well, since my husband died, I mean, that's <laughs> how I feel. And then when people are like, no, it's easy. You know, what kind of adapter do you have or what? I don't know. You can't even make up the words. It's <laughs> just, Albert was what? the one
2: who worked the telephone. I don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably Albert shouldn't okay, have killed him. Wait, what? Suggestion?
2: <laughs> <laughs> i like i like this character that's forming it's like she, she ultimately she killed the husband for some reason and she probably oh, yeah. killed him with the telephone <laughs> 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 i don't know i, I um, a, a friend of mine is an author and he writes a lot about stoic philosophy his name's ryan holiday and i just saw a thing on his instagram where he was interviewing one of his mentors this author named robert green and they were talking about you know it, during any given situation do you consider it dead time or alive time? In other words, like what, sort of like what you were saying, like what, what are you going to, what can you do with that time? Since you can't control that that's the time you're being given, how do you see it? And I thought that was a really interesting, even just a slight sort of perception shift about how we're viewing all of this time that we have. right. Do you do you write every day? or do you have to be in, are you someone who has to be inspired? or do you need do you need a room to like riff?
3: I need a room. I'm not a writer. Like I don't sit down and write anything except the list. But, um, as far as a group goes, you know, I, I consider myself more of a writer on my feet, I guess being an improviser. But if I get bored at any point, I'm always relieved that I know how to read. Like I'll pick up a book and just start reading. And that's always something I'm, I'm always so grateful for, but like my attention span, like I still haven't been able to listen to music that much or sit down and really focus on a movie or or you know it took me a while to get to books it's just been a weird you know it's it's yeah just to get things going you know that's been kind of tough yeah I mean I, I write all my 10 year old friends I write to a lot of kids and I go to the post office a lot that keeps me pretty busy
2: <laughs> what are you sending letters to people yeah oh that's I nice went to the
3: post I was at the post office before I did your podcast yeah
2: and what, and so what's the vibe at the post office? Everyone's like 10 feet apart.
3: They're 10 feet apart. They've got the plastic guards up now in front with a little window. Um, a lot of people are, you know, kind of loud, you know, like they talk loud. They want attention because I guess they're not getting it at home. Sure. So that's kind of a, you know, a drag. But other than that, you know, it's it's dead. So it's, it's, it's great not to have to wait in line, really. You know, today I waited a little bit, but I haven't had to wait that much.
2: What are people saying in line? I'm going to buy those Lucille Ball stamps. Does anybody?
3: Yes. yes. Give me the stamp with the black nurse on it. With the black, like uh, today, she's like with the black newscaster that just came out. Give me two sheets of that. Just like oh my god, just talking out loud. And I was telling someone else, it's like everyone's world got so small. It's such small talk now from everybody. You you get it when you call. You know when I call from North Carolina, I get it. My you know I'm going to talk about parks and weather and flowers. And now in New York, it's like no one has anything to talk about except the the price of ground beef or where who has the best bell peppers or trying to get a screen door fixed. It's like it's really small small time news.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's just, you know, anything that people can do to try to feel normal, you know, in a very abnormal situation. And maybe, you know, the small talk is because there's just there's so much bigger issues that maybe people just aren't even attempting to deal with right now. So it is about stamps and ground beef and anything that just sort of makes you feel connected to, you know, the way things were like, you know, six weeks ago.
3: Right. Well, I haven't been watching the news. Uh, that That's was good, going to me good advice. And then last night, I decided to check in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, holy shit. I go, because the weather's nice out, you see more people out, you see people being slack with the mask. And you think, Oh, okay, maybe it's this summer coming around. And then you watch the news. And you're like, Well, no, you're more screwed than ever. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's you know that that's just, there's just no,
2: I just personally don't see, as long as long as we know like okay we're, we check in every so often okay we're supposed to stay at home okay we got to wear masks outside done you know but anything yeah. beyond that is like uh it and it's so contradictory you just don't know you know the virus could go away it could never go it could be this there might be a vaccine maybe there won't be you know and right. so we just go yeah there's just this isn't helpful this isn't informative because. No one really knows. <laughs> so it, you're not really being informed. You're just filling your head with a- anxiety-provoking garbage.
3: Yeah, it was really uh, it was really intense last night. But what do you, like, do you live, how long have you been doing a podcast for? Ten years. And do you, um, is it hard to get people? Do you do it every single day? No, it's, I mean, in the very, in
2: 2010, it, you know, I had like the first year of the podcast were just all other comedians and friends, you know, actors who were comedy adjacent. And then, and then it started to, then I was like, well, I'm running out of friends. I don't have anyone else (laughs) on. So I hired people to start booking guests and then it kind of became this weird, like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm now interviewing people that I are, it's not really an interview. It's just a conversation. I'm just having conversations with people that I don't know. And now I found that we have this sort of like glut of guests because number one, people don't have, there aren't really traditional talk shows. There's not a lot of places for people to promote stuff at the moment. And also I always insisted that people be in person because I feel like, well, if you're having a conversation with someone, you need to see them. You need to see their body language. You need to see their eyes. You need to make sure that Wherever you're, the conversation's going, they're comfortable with you. Just there's a lot of information that sitting in front of people will give you, and then this forced us to do everything via Zoom, and it's been great because now I've talked to people in Italy and France and people like yourself who are in New York, people that I probably wouldn't have been able to get on geographically, and so I've really actually been weirdly enjoying this part of it because I've just connected with so many people that I you know would have loved to have gotten on and just never had the opportunity. Yeah. Do you ever, do you like doing, do you ever do you ever thought about doing like your own kind of a podcast thing or your own kind of, do you, what I'm getting at is do you like being yourself on stuff or do you, do you always gravitate toward character pieces?
3: If I'm performing, I like doing characters. I've gotten better about playing myself, you know, like on the show and stuff. But, um, you know, once you get the characters out of your system, then you're like, you know, you kind of want to, for me anyway, like Jerry Blank, for example, from Strangers, it was like important for me to do a character like that first, then it would allow me to do other things um, somehow, you know, it's like, no, this is what I like doing. This is what I want to do. I didn't know how to, I didn't really want to play myself before that with Jerry Blank. It felt uncomfortable and it didn't feel like playtime. I mean, I like to feel like you're playing. And, um, but now, you know, now it's different and, and now I'm more up because i I've, did what I wanted to do as far as, you know, doing a bunch of characters and stuff like that. But podcasts, I haven't done that many. I could probably count on one hand, how many podcasts I've done. Um, my brother David listens to them like crazy and he's always recommending them to me. But, um, I don't. I don't listen to them that much, and I don't uh, haven't been a guest. But I've been asked to do them before. Like, hey, you should do a podcast, but then you'd have to do it. I just wouldn't want that over my head every day.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's <clears throat> it's so much a part of. It's just so much a part of my life, just in terms of like, oh, I got to do a podcast, and and there's it's not really set. It's like you sort of just they happen when people are available, and you know. And now I'm literally just coming into my office from another room in my house. Ha- like, there's no excuse anymore. It's not like, oh, I'm real busy, you know? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. It, so it's been a really good... My hope is that these are a nice distraction for people who are in quarantine. But also, it's been a great distraction for me as well. Because it's... Uh-huh. I've just gotten to connect with, with so, many, uh, so many... Don't
3: you ever get shy? Like, let's say you had to talk to Kevin Bacon or something. Like, wouldn't you be... You ever <laughs> get, like... Yeah, shy. Like I do on the show when guest stars come on, it's like, I get like nervous and then I'm always like, oh, I don't wanna bother them. I don't want, you know, I can't even believe, oh really, I'm gonna work with Michael Shannon? Really? You know what I mean? Or Paul well, Rudd or I'm just like, oh my God. It's like, it's really hard.
2: Well, Michael actually was just on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, from from he's his fantastic. home yeah he's great fantastic. so funny like it's so he's funny really it's like,
3: funny yeah why
2: don't you do more comedy you know like he's he's i guess it's because he's such an amazing dramatic actor that adds to how funny he also is but his instincts and timing are flawless
3: well he's very aware of um he knows everybody's lines and he, in its continuity, he's like, wait a minute, the door was open, you know, or there was a newspaper over here, or don't you want to get this shot? You know, he's very aware of everything that's going on around him.
2: Yeah. yeah. But just in terms of, there was a period of time when I, and I still do get, I mean, I don't know, like, I, I'm I'm a big fanboy of people and things. And so I, I do tend to get nervous around people but I've learned how to mash it down and that was because of a handful of experiences early on in the run of the podcast where I was not able to mash it down and you know like they're just a couple that got away from me because I was just too nervous and there's sort of like a there's sort of like a threshold and once you sort of cross that nerve threshold it's the same like if you're doing stand-up or performing live there's a point where if if it gets away from you it's that that's it
0: <laughs>
2: if you can keep it down you know like then you'll then you'll be okay but if you get to a certain point your brain just gets all like like knotted up and that's it but i but also like but your but your bits are only you know like i i, I love the bit with um the the sketch with matthew broderick where he's the teen the teen author who's actually his his only experiences that he hung out with teens for like a month
3: Right, they did want to hang out with him.
2: <laughs> but that's only like two minutes, you know? So it's like, what, what a great thing for someone like Matthew Broderick. Like, that's, your show's so perfect because it's segmented that you can have these really great people on. You're not asking a ton of him. And it's, it was probably really fun for him to come in and do something like that.
3: His, his um, when he did the show, it was very smooth. He literally, well, I then I found out later he was coming in from the beach. But he literally walked in. He probably had a half an hour you know, in his dressing room, whatever, and then he came on set. He did it, and he left. I mean, he was there for not maybe ninety minutes, not even. Is there, I love it when that happens. Is there? I, is I don't there don't riffing? You, I'm sorry.
2: Do you, do you do riff takes? Do you do sort of an as written and then a riff take?
3: Um, we no, we not really. I mean, we do it, the script, and then if someone adds stuff, you know, we don't specifically say, "Oh, hey, now just do one for fun." It, it just kind of happens within, you know. Um. But we don't just go out of our way to make one take that's just like a a fun take, not every time.
2: But I think think maybe what people don't necessarily pay, because when you're doing a live show, I I would love to hear your take on the differences between doing like live sketches versus this, because the timing, the edit timing on your show is so flawless. And it's, you know, like that editing is also a star of the show because all the jokes have to cut a certain way. So how can you just talk a little bit about how your learning process going from stage comedy to like figuring out single camera comedy beats?
3: I know it's funny. I, I love working in front of a live audience and it's even hard to watch people's shows now without a live audience on TV. Right. You know, like, um, it does help with the timing. That's the, that's the reason you want to be on the show. You know, you get that live, you get that energy from the audience um, but you know, you have the crew and that, and that's, that counts for everything, even though you can't hear them laughing, but, um, you know, the timing, a lot of it, like some of these shows are like, oh, ten 10 minutes too long. And <laughs> it's so hard to lose things. I mean, you can get it in editing, like you said, but it kills me to have to lose so much when we go with like 10 or 12 minutes an episode, because you're just like, no, that was so funny, but it's like, you just have to keep ringing it out and ringing it out and. You know, but I, I, I prefer a live audience and um, I, I wish we had one on this
1: show. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well, inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app, or visit Angie.com today. You can do this, when you Angie that.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30 to get 30 MB to get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
1: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Do you are you are you someone who's good with stuff? like do you, do you feel like okay this is done I can put it to bed now or do you do you go back and watch stuff and go yeah we could have shaved a half a second off there I wish we had used this take
3: yes I have regret <laughs> I I started a folder of things that I regret like I'm pretty good at thinking quick in the moment but I hate it when there's a missed opportunity and I'm like damn it I should have why did I cannot believe I didn't think of that like right and there's a lot of stuff, you know, I've gotten last minute, like on Instagram. One thing I like about Instagram is, you know, a couple people I follow and they'll post like old soap operas or whatever. And, you know, you'll see the way somebody shot something, you know, two actors, you know, facing, you know, like you're in the same direction, like my back is to their stomach and you're mm-hmm. giving a monologue out. Like there are a lot of last minute things that I got just that was inspired from Instagram. So I love coming up with that, like having the idea last minute makes it a lot more
2: fun. That's great. I I there was a there was another piece on your show that is a flawless bit of comedy which is the knife sharpener guy which already is a great it just like by itself conceptually it's just a great concept <laughs> that there's just a guy with a knife sharp just you know like the bread delivery guy the knife sharpener guy but that actor I wish I could remember his name David every Pasquese. time I David what is
3: Pasquese. his name David
2: Pasquazi? He's so funny in everything, yeah. um, but that, the beats of that and the sort of the unpacking of his character, do you, do you guys just sort of like run through it all once, kind of find what the beats are and then just start covering it? How is, yes. yeah.
3: Well, with that, that Pasquazi, he comes from Second City. That's where yes. we met him and he has a lot of he, he knows that character and he'll he'll add he'll bring something to it every time he's just flawless he always knows his lines he just he just brings on that extra layer and he's so professional um but with david you know he'll he'll what, you trust him as far as, you know not everyone can improvise you know that's why we're always like oh let's stick to the script but with david you know whatever he's going to add is going to be you know really really good Yeah. better than what we have on the page but um he, and he's he's really really good this season. Like we gave him a lot of stuff to do this season, but um he's he's fantastic, and so is Cola Scola. They're both like on fire, and and Matt Malloy, you know everybody this season. I think it's probably my favorite season this season.
2: I mean it's great because it really is like a it really is like a, a, a sketch show, but with recurring with a with like a recurring. Uh, with a foundation and then a recurring, recurring arcs. Mm -hmm. And I think strangers was such a, by the way, it it blew me away to see that strangers is only on for three seasons. For some reason in my head, it's sort of like Monty Python, where you're like, well, that was on like 10 years, wasn't it? No, it was only, it's only a few seasons.
3: Really? How long was Monty Python on?
2: It was only on for like three years, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was just a few seasons. And we all think of it as like, because they did the movies as well, and they, you know, they, they, and those guys, but even Eric Idle has said before, like, yeah, I mean, people talk about Python like it was our entire lives, but it was really just a few years, <laughs> and it's ultimately sort of defined our entire lives. We've all done a lot <laughs> of other stuff.
3: Well, it's funny, because we always joke that they still haven't canceled our show. They still haven't canceled *Stranger than Candy, because we always thought, could we do 10 more episodes? Sure but we were also fine not doing 10 more episodes but it was we were very aware that we were doing it, we were very aware that it was a period in our life that we couldn't it's never going to be this good right. we used to say that over and over again like we're out in the woods making each other laugh no grown-ups are around it's like you know when does that happen you know well, and i kind of feel that way with our show with true tv it was such true tv was such a mom and pop operation and we really do have a lot of freedom and we really do get to do whatever we want, and you know, um, so it, you know, it's it's been fun that way, just having that much control. I mean, I don't know, you know, you just don't get that a lot with a lot of projects.
2: True, true. TV is really good about my friend Andrea Savage does. I'm sorry, oh, over Andrea.
3: There. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and um, uh, and it's the same. It's the same kind of thing where they. It seems like they hire funny people, and then they kind of let those funny people be funny, which is not super common in our business yeah
3: it really isn't it's like they should do that more often i mean (laughs) (laughs) i think it's i you know it might it might happen
2: now because so many companies are like i said sort of being ripped apart a bit and so if there are if there are less like fingers in the pie in terms of notes and maybe you know it'll be a situation where companies will just say hey you know what. Amy or Andrea or whatever we're, we need the content just go make a show we don't have the bandwidth right now to super get involved we'll give you a budget you just go make it and bring it back to us and there could be a like a renaissance of really strong you know creative point of view uh creative pieces coming out of this as a result
3: yeah it'll be interesting to see or who or people who write books you know it'll be interesting to see what books come out of this and yeah yeah. It,
2: but it's hard because there, there's a, lo- a lot of it people may not even be processing right now. Like it, it might be one of those things that a year from now, people in a reflective way will be kind of dealing with all of the creative fires that are being built right now. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel particularly creative during this? I mean, you're, wor- you're fixing yeah. working on your show. You don't either. No, I don't it's
3: either. In a while, like something will pop up and, a, you know, another list happens or... Um, but not like, not super, cre- no, not really. No.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really feel that way. Either. <laughs> but, but you can't tell me that, you know, that at some point in your subconscious mind, the woman yelling about stamps in the post office isn't going to make it into something sooner. Like it's. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's all, it's all being fed in there at some point. You know, I would imagine it's going to, it's going to come Um, out. Chris,
3: do you live by yourself?
2: No, I'm married. My wife and I, uh. We don't have any kids, but we got a puppy about two or three weeks before.
3: Oh, that's fun! Yeah. Um. Yeah. What kind of puppy did you get?
2: He's called an Otterhound, and
3: okay.
2: there, um, there aren't that many of them left. And so she, we lost our cat in December, and she said, well, "I don't want to do cat again because it's just too emotional for me." But I would love to get a dog, and then you know she's fa- found this breed that there aren't that many left, and she was like, "We." We have to save them. And so we got this, they're just like these big kind of dopey Irish wolfhound cousins. So they get enormous. Um, oh. But he's been a real sweetheart. Do you have pets?
3: I have a rabbit. Oh, you do? Yeah. Seven pounder.
2: Oh my, is that big
3: for a rabbit? Yeah, it's big bunny. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out I've had Tina, uh, you know, I had her for four years and then I found out that Tina was a boy. Oh, Nice. So when I got Tina, I was, they said she was a girl. And then I found out, I was like, are you kidding me? And it made a lot of sense. So I've never had a male, male pet.
2: Does Tina, now uh, this is a great, I'm, I don't know anyone who has rabbits. So I, can you, do you hold her? Is she cool? Like, do you just let her? Rabbits don't around? like to
3: be picked up because they don't like to be off the ground. They like to be more control. Got and it. so um, it's scary because they'll, they'll do anything to get out of your arms and they can break their backs. But right. Tina, Tina lies in bed with me. Um and this has been great for the quarantine because I'm always coming and going before this and I think now that she knows he knows that I'm here so much he's more relaxed it's not noisy in the city i don't right. think you get the vibe that there's a lot of people out so um we're spending it's been really really great to to have some quality time with my rabbit. Really, I mean really-
2: that's not bad a therapy rabbit's not a bad idea they're soft you know yeah. it seems very meditative.
3: Yep they're very, yeah really Great. The only bad thing is, you know, he's constantly begging me for treats, and I give in. So I've put a little weight on the rabbit. So I'm, I'm trying to watch that. It's hard. How does a rabbit beg? She'll he'll circle around my feet to the point uh-huh. where I might trip, and then then we have like certain chairs that he'll hop on. He'll hop on the bed, do circles, nudge me. He gets his whiskers really close to my face, like things that he knows annoys me. Like they just, they just know, they friggin' know. And you're positive.
2: It's not to trip you so that you break your neck and then he can Maybe. smack on your flesh. You're positive.
3: Maybe. <laughs> yeah,
2: they know. I mean, I I always, it's always, I always think of our pets as like, oh, they're like a member of the family. But I always think, well, if I died, the dog would totally eat my face. You know, like it's, it's hard. Sometimes I think like, they're still animals.
3: Yeah, don't they start with the eyeballs? They
2: probably start with the eyeball. Well, they don't want you to see them do it. They feel a lot <laughs> of
3: pain. <guilt. laughs> oh, but have you and your wife had any major fights, or has it been hard or pretty easy?
2: No, I mean, it hasn't. I mean, the occasionally there's just like a dumb squabble that isn't really about anything other than you know, every day is the same day and it's like, oh, the dog is being crazy. What do you no, I don't why don't you you know, it's just like stupid stuff like that. And then afterwards we're always like, okay, well that was dumb, you know, but not uh but there hasn't been any major even actually they just extended our stay at home order by like three months and she was like, Well we're gonna be, you know, we're together for three more months and I'm like, Great. And she's like, Great. Like there's no there's there's no sense at all, like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I feel very happy that we get to be stuck together. If that oh, that's good. Sense. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Because uh, I wonder what that would be like to be with somebody. I mean, I don't know. I think I like being by myself.
2: I mean, uh, I, I can't even imagine that there, I'm sure, you know, when all the dust settles, you'll sort of look back and see all the people who were sort of using their busy lives to distract themselves from being in a not great relationship who now are really kind of having to either fix the relationship or figure out like, well, we shouldn't be together.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. I know, I know a couple that decided they're going to split up when this is over.
2: Oh really? Well, you know, who knows? Maybe by the time it actually is over, they'll be like, but we worked it out.
3: Yeah, maybe. Um, but, um, so the stay at home, so they're, they're extending it three months from now. What do you That's mean? That's what they
2: said, but then they were like, What anything could happen, but probably three months. So, oh. you know, it's, the, the, we, we're, we're getting a lot of confusing messages in California because they'll be like, nobody leave. Okay. You can leave, but you can go to the beach. Okay, you, you, don't, you can't go to the beach. Okay, you can go to the beach, but just you, could, you have to be active. You can't just sit on a towel. Okay, now you have to wear masks everywhere. Okay, nothing's going to be open. All right, the rest, some restaurants will be open, others won't. You can drive up. Like, it, it is a little uh, – mm-hmm. there are a lot of mixed messages. And, again, yeah. as people who aren't consuming the news every day, we're just like, eh, fuck it, we'll just make food at home.
3: But so, I don't imagine people are going to wear masks in the summertime. No one's going to, I mean, it's too hot, man. It's just too hot.
2: <laughs> it is hot, but they're saying it's mandatory now. So I, I don't, we wear them when we walk the dog. Cause we're like, you know what? If the only thing this, like it, if it helps great, but if it also sends a message to other members of the community that we are in this together and taking this seriously, then that's also a good reason to do it.
3: Right. 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 Yeah. I know.
2: Um, I, I just have a couple more questions about strangers. Which is, I'm sh- you must get asked this all the time, but that is one of those shows that you could, at any given time, just you know say to Colbert and everyone else and Danella, like, hey, you want you guys want to just do a thing like Community just did a did a Zoom reading together, and I don't know, is it anything that you guys ever talk about?
3: No, we <laughs> don't. Um, I did the, the Jerry Blank character I do this season on the show. She's a detective,
2: Fantastic. but it's the Jerry
3: Blank face which is funny because I haven't used those muscles in a while, the muscles in my face. Right. So, and I, I was every character in that scene. So the muscles I would use for my Patty hog character were different muscles in Jerry blanks face. So it's like my face is on fire this season. Um, I don't know. I mean, I never thought I'd do Jerry a version of Jerry um, again. Um, But uh, so never say never, you know, maybe one day we will, but we never talk about it.
2: I, I, I would really love to and maybe this is just something that just boils down to experience and instinct but to understand how you're able to um, take characters that are very like far out there characters but and still manage to ground them in something without everything spinning out of control I feel like Zach Alphanakis does that on baskets too where you feel like he's playing his twin brother and Louie Anderson is his
3: mom. How is
2: any of this? And it works. Like there's something.
3: I love that show.
2: Yeah. It's like, there's a real grounding element to it. And strangers is like that as well. And so is that, is that a conscious thing or is that just an instinctual thing to kind of keep everything from spinning out?
3: Well, that's what makes it funny when you ground it more. Like when you do a silly character, outrageous character, but then you give it this weight to it. I mean, it's like opposites, you know what I mean? So it kind of, it just works better. You know, then it's not like, I can't even compare it. Then it's not just like a, you know, it, it makes it more of a character and it makes you, it's more fun to play because you're convinced it's a real character. You know, Cola Scola, who plays Chassie Tucker on the show, he's really good about it too. Like Cola's characters really well and he's a good improviser um but i'm always impressed when i work with him because he really brought that character to life and made it his own and he really knows how to wear a wig and he plays women so well i saw him in a orange juice commercial i worked with him once on difficult people then i saw his orange juice commercial and when i saw the orange juice commercial i thought oh my god that's That's my neighbor on the show. Like, it wasn't about a guy playing a woman or anything. It was like, he just knew how to, it was very, like, in Strangers, you know, how it was very grounded. Yeah. And just a real, he was doing a real character. But, um, yeah, he's he's great at that.
2: When was the last time you did, like, I mean, obviously no one can do live stuff in front of people. When was the last time you did live stuff in front of people?
3: Oh, my, well... I would imagine, like, talk shows and stuff like that, but I, I I don't get up and perform in front of an audience. I guess with my the plays I did with David, but, I mean, it's been a while. I don't know. I'll have to think about it when, when this is over.
2: I wonder, because to me, At Home seems like the perfect touring show. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like... Oh, it could. Yeah. It's just a series, you know, like, it's just a series of great sketches that are all around the same, that, like, uh, that have a home base. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I think, well, I'm just hesitant to say because no one knows when we'll be able to do live shows yeah, again. can you imagine
3: that audience in front of a live audience? When's that going to happen? <laughs> I wonder when that's going to happen. I don't know.
2: I was even thinking, like, can I rent a space? At, like, because there's a lot of spaces that aren't being used right now in L.A. Could I rent a space and put up, like, a plexiglass thing in front of the stage and then, like, somehow, like, p- make people in little boxes, but they could hear and see each other. And like, no, but then they, so people would need to use the bathroom. They'd have to, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, how do you adapt stand up or how do you adapt live comedy yeah. for this? It's the, it's the one thing that I, that I can't quite like all the other shows. Like, yeah, you can do some shows, not an audience and you can figure out how to do stuff via Zoom. I cannot crack the stand up. Uh, I don't, I don't know.
3: I think you just have to just, I know. I don't know either. I talk about it with my brother all the time because he's not touring right now. David it's killing him. Yeah. Yeah. It's killing him. You know, he wants, he loves a packed audience. He loves performing. Uh, yeah, it's really hard on him. He has no idea when that's going to happen again.
2: And then the bigger question is like when it's allowed, will people go out or are they exactly. going to be like, I'm not going to fucking leave my house, you know, yeah, like
3: steps. I- it's going to be a second. And then maybe it'll take a second, and then maybe then it'll be back to normal, and people will really believe that they, you know, this happened. Maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be the kind of situation where it's like humanity has changed forever, and we're going to be this weird dystopian where no one can, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to have to have robot avatars that go out and do our stuff we would normally do. I don't think. I think eventually it will settle like we will adapt something all you know like it will all click back into place
3: I miss shopping you know I'm a shopper and it, I really I miss I mean I'm I you know I don't like to shop online and and um but I'm, I really miss going into stores
2: yeah that that it's funny how not funny but it's you know I guess it's conceptually funny that how much we take for granted like just being able to walk by like Oh, I just walk, I'm just gonna walk into the store and have a a clerk go, do you need anything? Nope, just looking around. You know, like that is just not a thing we can do for the foreseeable future. And that, it's, I hope that we appreciate those things. Like, can you imagine the first time you're allowed to go back in a store, you'll probably just be picking everything up and smelling it and
3: rubbing
2: it? I just wanna stay in here for a while.
3: But if you go in and try a dress on and then you decide you don't want that dress, it's tricky. Cause you're like, what is it? Go back on the shelf. Is someone else going to come in and try on that dress? And it's like, you know, they have to take all that in consideration. I just will be sad if they close and it's just sad. It's just. It,
2: it is sad, but, but people are very adaptable and, and they've, you know, that's true. The worst. But I like,
3: thing. you know, sh- gro- even grocery shopping, I would go every day. I like to go shopping every day but um, now with this I go you know twice a week maybe but you know I got used to it
2: Yeah you you do get used to it I mean it I guess it's sort of like um, I don't know this is the stupidest example but I have a little bit of tinnitus and it's not enough to drive me crazy but it's enough that when it's quiet I hear it and when it fir- when I first started getting it I was like oh, I'm going to tear my fucking ears off my head I can't handle this and someone goes, no, 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 you just get used to it. You just sort of, you know... And they were right. I, most of the time, I'm not aware of it at all, even <laughs> though it's there if I were to really listen for it. <laughs> so I guess we just have cultural tinnitus at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, I hate to be... I, I don't want to bum people out by being like, hey, let's try to find the positive, guys. But but I do think that there are, there are opportunities, yeah. you know, to be more internal and learn who we are and develop things. And so I'm just, I'm just hoping that people are at least able to, to be able to do that, to feel like they have some sense of control in a situation that none of us can control.
3: Right. But I can't imagine. I always think of the people that, you know, you don't have savings. You don't, you don't have any food. You, you have a family, you can't feed them. I yeah. mean, worried about a paycheck. I mean, it's, bad for people it's really bad
2: really extraordinarily bad for a lot of people because they i mean especially in especially in america where i think there's a general sense of like nah, it will be fine shit happens in other places but not america right and then like literally overnight everyone's everyone's world changed and so i do hope that the people i don't know it and, and it is that kind of thing like how do you help those people how can we help those people what do we do What's right. the sort of general foundation that just helps the most people, you know? And I know there are a lot of really great organizations that help feed people and help. But e- but even like, you know, like seeing restaurants around town that have shut down, it's like, what's that staff going to do? How do we exactly. them have Indiegogos? Like, do we just go around and, and and give money to those? Like, what's the best way that we can be helpful to those right.
3: people? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I really. Know
2: I really don't know. I just I I I think we all hope that it's I think there is still hope. Like what what what's the sort of seed of hope that kind of drives you every day? Do you just not think about it or do you have a thing that kind of like fires you up and keeps you going? Well,
3: it always helps when the when it's sunny outside. No no kidding. I mean, it gives me hope. Like a nice day really sets my mood. If it's if it's, you know, cloudy, it just seems more to prep It's a little something. It helps. It's everything if it's a sunny day.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Or a nice day outside. It just makes a big difference inside.
2: Did y'all just get a snowstorm or was that in other parts of the... It
3: did snow, but it didn't, just for a second. But that was really nice. The weather's been beautiful. And just to get outside is nice. You know, I see more birds and more squirrels and more animals and nature. You notice more. You notice buildings more. It's really, I mean, when I walk, I don't wear headphones and, you know, I just walk to walk. But, you know, I notice everything now e- even more than I did before. And that, that's that been a good positive thing.
2: That's really nice. I it's it, Sometimes it takes a tragedy to create awareness, you know, uh-huh. because it's so easy to get caught up every day and, you know, just be distracted by a million things so that we feel like we're busy. And then really being forced to, to notice and and be aware that, that part I don't think is a terrible thing. And I don't know. I, I do hope that that sticks. I hope that sticks for a while. Usually when there's some sort of a tragedy, people get, really aware for like a second and then they just get back into their lives. But this is such an extended thing. Oh
3: my God. It's endless. <laughs> <I know. laughs> endless. And then in the fall, you're going to have cold season. It's like cold and flu season. It's just like, I yeah. just can't afford it. We just, I don't know this, everything we brought us to our knees. You I mean, I, Are you a catastrophizer? Not, not really.
2: Good. Good, no. good, good. Yeah. I just find that, um, when those sort of catastrophic, like, what about the fall? What about the winter? What if there's a second wave? I really have to stop myself and go. You right. can't deal with any of that. Like, you don't know could happen, could not happen. Just, just deal with today. Just yeah. deal with today.
3: Yeah. It, yeah, it's true. But what, it's like an AA thing, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. 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 There is a. There is some. There is a lot of applicable stuff in there that's not just you know, for people in recovery and I am one of them. So I I know it well, but I, but I also feel like, Oh, that's not just for that. That's for life in general. It's good to kind of do that stuff.
3: Yeah.
2: But I do feel like your show is a show that you, because a lot of productions are saying like, when we go back in September, maybe, or <laughs> you know, when we go back, like, what does that look like? Do we have skeleton crews? There's no audiences. But I feel like at home is a show that you could do could you do that show with with very few people if you had to?
3: Well, usually it's just me by myself acting with myself. Someday. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. Then you got to think of the crew, how tight they are. Right. I, just, I, don't, I don't know.
2: Have you thought about doing anything at home? Any kind of like, uh, you know, Zoom version of anything or just... No. You know? No,
3: no, I don't. The, the computer thing isn't easy to me. Like talking to people on the computer, or you know, I haven't. No, it it just I get bored with it really quickly. Watching other people's stuff on a computer or on the you know without, it just get bored quickly. You need but, you
2: need real ta- real world tactile experience. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I mean, it. The good news is when when did uh, when did season three premiere of At Home.
3: It's going to premiere next Wednesday, the twentieth. And how many
2: night. how many episodes did you? Ten get? episodes. Ten episodes. Great. So that's like two and a half months right there for people. I mean, what a gift that you shot every. You shot every. You got to shoot everything, right?
3: Everything we shot. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Yes. Can you believe it? We finished in the middle of February.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, we were. I was. I was doing Andrea's show when this all happened, and her production like. It was like smack dab in the middle of production, and I think she's sort of in that place now of like, eh, I think maybe the fu- like, who knows, you know, like oh, the people. Wow. Yeah, she
1: just
3: she just texted me today. I have to get back to her. I was like, what's going on with your So I don't know anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no one knows anything. But I think she's still. I mean, she's still working on it and still prepping it and stuff to to come back because you you have you know like you you would have to. We will you know eventually it'll it'll come back, but. I don't know. It's very fortunate that you, were, that you were able to get everything in the can and that it can all go out now.
0: Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The Blurring Sponge Tip Applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation, and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation.
1: Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Is there (laughs) anything else, as we're sort of wrapping this up, is there anything else that you, uh, how far ahead do you plan stuff? Is there anything else you still, like, what do you want to do? Like, if you, you, in theory, were done with at home, do you have a next thing that you would want to do or do you not think that far ahead?
3: Um, I mean, if we did it, I'd be happy to do another season of the show if that if that happened. If not, you know, I don't, I always love it when other people ask me to do their show. It's always fun. Um, but I don't really, I don't know what that's going to be. I I have no idea and I'm okay with that.
2: And when you do other people's stuff, do you sort of like, because you don't have to, you're not in control of everything, which is kind of nice, right? Do you like just right. showing up as a performer?
3: yes. Where do you want me chief? I love it. Love it. Yeah. Cause I had a couple guest stars come on the show. They were like, well, I would never want my own show. They're like, never. And I'm like, Oh really? And they're like, "Uh, uh-uh, it's too much. And, and you know, this year it felt like too much. Some days it were like, it felt like a lot, but, um, you know, there's always, again, you're putting on a show and you want to get your friends involved and the best people involved and create it from scratch. And that's really lovely and and nothing like it. But it's all, yeah, like you said, it's also fun to go on someone else's show and just yeah. be happy
2: and help. I was so blown away just working with Savage, with Andrea for a couple of weeks because it's like she's in a scene and then we shoot the scene and she runs and talks to the director and watches playback. Okay, come back. And then let's try this. And then riff this. That was a good riff. Try this, do this. And I think she was going to direct an episode too. I'm like, how the fuck do you, how do you stay present in a scene? But then part of your brain is also thinking about the piece as a whole and try, like to me, that is that kind of how it is for you as well?
3: For me, I am more like, I don't go near, I don't never know where the cameras are. I'm not a director, but for me, it's more about the background, you know. And it's more about, you know, uh, you know, put a pillow on the chair because you can see it in this shot. Or can we add googly eyes to this clock over here? You know, to me, it's more about uh, the the visual aspect of the show. I'm obsessed with the set all the time, and I notice when something's been moved. Oh, you do, And and I'm always shocked that I can catch it. I'm like, "Where's the chocolate cake that was here?" You know, at eight o'clock this morning, why would anybody move that chocolate cake? Like, uh, and other people would be like, you know, where's the red cap on that soap bottle? You know, it's like, I notice it all. And I am I was working with Justin Thoreau, and he was like, you know, Amy, I mean? you probably shouldn't worry about that stuff and just focus on your performance. And I'm like, no way. I mean, like, it's more visually, it, you know, I'm more tied into the show visually than anything else. And I'm obsessed with it, and I'm good at it.
2: But also that. that feels like the sort of, that feels like sketch comedy training. Like like the, 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 the sharper the detail, the funnier stuff becomes like the more, the more details and information and the more like, right? Isn't that?
3: Yeah. Isn't
2: that sort of like sketch comedy 101?
3: Yes. Sketch comedy 101. <laughs>
2: sketch comedy 101. I'm your professor. <laughs> Farts are funny. I'll see you next week. Yeah. I mean, have you, do you, do you mentor anyone? Have you, do you ever, do you, have you ever thought about, doing like a masterclass in character development or anything? Oh my
3: gosh. No, no. My masterclass would be hilarious. It'd be like 10 minutes long. First of all, no, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at explaining. I'm not articulate at that kind of stuff. I just like to do it, but I'm not one to talk about stuff like that.
2: Well, I, uh, I really can't thank you enough for doing this. I, I mean, listen, I'm just, you're, I'm such a huge fan of your work. Uh, I have always kind of wanted to just meet you and shoot the shit and say hi, and I can't tell you how much I really appreciate it. You,
3: I really enjoyed talking to you too. It was a pleasure. I really, I loved it. Like I said, I, this is what my fourth podcast probably.
2: Oh, really? Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I haven't done that many.
2: Well, it is. It it's when someone says like, "Oh, do you want to do a podcast?" It's an hour. Then some people bristle. They're like, "Oh, what am I going to fucking talk about for an hour?" Like, I. Can't.
3: You <laughs> get that going. You're
2: good at it. You're oh good. no, I appreciate that. I'm just, yeah. I just, I'm a fan of people. I just like having conversations and, you know, there's so much fun stuff to talk about with you. I mean, like really, Strangers to me is sort of in the pantheon of, you know, like in the back of my head, there's this sort of pantheon of comedy stuff like Python and kids in the hall and, you know, and, and Strangers is, is, is up there with that because it was just such a, the idea of it was so was so groundbreaking, especially because, I you know I remember like in the in the mid to late '90s, the sort of the Dawson's Creeks and the, that sort of like lesson, ba- you know that sort of like we're young but we're fucking living life like adults, man, and to, sort of, <laughs> and to sort of take that vibe and spin it in that way, it just was such a it was such an innovative comedy thing to do.
3: Well, we all brought something to it. It was my idea for the after-school special. It was Colbert's idea to do learn the wrong lesson. And it was Paul Danella's idea for me to play the Jerry Blank character with that background. So we all kind of showed up with the idea. And, um, and you know, and we couldn't do that show today. There's no way it could be done.
2: You think just like content-wise or just the freedom content to be able Content-wise. Content-wise, content yeah. You know, at home still... Like you still manage to do a really fun, edgy show that I think is—I don't know—it doesn't. There's nothing about it where I'm like, "Oh, how are they doing that?" But it's still really funny, you know.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you.
2: Of course. Well, I hope (laughs) I hope you stay safe and healthy. I hope that you were able to connect in real life with people, and I hope someday you're able to take at home on the road and. and That's right. (laughs) Maybe, maybe there's a, maybe there's a Sedaris combo tour. (laughs) I mean, that, that, I think that, I think that would fill some pretty big venues if it's something that you guys (laughs) never, do you ever talk about doing stuff together in that way? Or do you just kind of keep your stuff separate?
3: We keep it separate, but uh, you know, I'm hoping that David and I would do another play together. We'll see.
2: Well, that's nice. Well, Well, we'll I I wish you and Tina all the best. Thank Uh, you. And
3: good luck with your puppy. What's your puppy's name? Zoltar. Zoltar. Yes. Yeah, that's um, fun. Puppies he, are
2: fun. He is he's fun. He's again, he thinks he's like five pounds and he's sixty pounds and he's only four oh and five God. months old. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when he kind of gets those nighttime zoomies where he's like exhausting that last bit of energy so he can fall asleep. It used to be really sweet because he'd like run into your leg and like, oh that's really cute, but now that he's sixty pounds, it's like someone just takes a sack of fucking potatoes and just <laughs> just like wallops you and he just doesn't understand (laughs) sort of fun but uh you know i guess it's uh i guess it's kid prep you know my wife's like it's kid prep and i go yeah kids don't bite you when they're trying to socialize
3: (laughs) kid prep i like that
2: but uh you take care and honestly thank you so
3: much there's really um one day we'll meet in person.
2: I would love that. If there's ever anything I can do to help anything you're doing, I will do anything to help anything that you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, bye. ID 10
0: Skinning Complete. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped,